0: 2020 Network is brought to you by Interac. For nearly 35 years, Interac has brought the most innovative payment technology to Canada. Today, Interac is building on its track record of innovation in some exciting new ways. Find out how they're changing the game at developer.interac.ca. Hi, everybody! It's Friday, December fourteenth. Joining me on Nthread this morning is Mary Danielle Smith, MD of the National Post, and Murad Hamadi of The Logic. Hi to you both. Hello. Hi. Do you guys have holiday parties that you're attending today or this week, or are you in the spirit? What's going on? I haven't started
1: my shopping yet, so okay. I'm feeling a little stressed. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So this weekend might maybe
1: is when you start it. Do you think? I a, yeah, I think so. I have one gift purchased, and it's for a secret Santa tonight.
0: <laughs> so you're just like going, like like going as the day goes. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
2: I went to an outlet mall last weekend.
0: Wow! What yeah. good for you? It's impressive.
2: Mostly just to buy myself some shoes. But, <laughs> okay. um,
0: Was it the one in uh, um, in Ottawa?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, which is pretty nice.
1: Did um, you yeah. buy stuff for anybody else?
2: No, nope, mostly just shoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the best things. We're on the same page. Um,
0: yeah, yeah I, I haven't, I've got, uh, I don't really have any holiday parties. I have one next
1: week, but that's really it.
0: I'm like, but I'm wearing my flannel. My, my, me and you are wearing our
1: red red mm-hmm. flannel. I'm kind Mirada's of is like- the only person who isn't wearing plaid right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, as, as the rest of this podcast will prove, I'm very not Canadian and, uh, <laughs> <Whoa>. stop. <laughs> that okay. includes these, uh, these shirts.
0: Um, I should mention, it's a nice shirt. shirt. It is a nice shirt. Thank you. The blue looks good on you. Aaron, uh, you are also joining us for parts of this conversation Hello, yes. as well. And yeah. I'm also
3: wearing plaid. You're so,
0: also wearing um, plaid, so you fit team in. plaid. Um, okay, let's get into it. It's a strange, we're going to start with a strange story that, that kind of sort of keeps, keeps taking new shape. It's been confirmed that two Canadians have been detained in China by authorities there on suspicion of endangering national security. Um, not much more detail has been released beyond that. This can't be explained without acknowledging the recent arrest of Huawei's CFO Meng Wanzhou um, in Canada earlier this month. Around the exact same, it was the same day I think the leaders were meeting, and, and President Trump was meeting with President Xi uh, at the G20 summit. So, the arrest was, was at the request of the United States. She was to be extradited back there on suspicion of sanctions fraud with Iran. Um, China is now calling for immediate release and threatening further retaliation. Now, this is, I think, and we heard uh, Minister Freeland say this this week, like, this is a legal issue. Um, it's to be dealt with through the legal system. However, it's become abundantly clear that there are political aspects to this, right? Uh, despite what, what Trudeau says. So, and MD, you, you wrote a lot about this this week. Mm-hmm. Um, walk us through how President Trump sort of stirred the pot even further with some comments about trade.
1: Yeah. So, um, so the background to this is that when Trump and she were meeting the very same day of the arrest, um, they agreed on a three month sort of ceasefire in this ongoing trade war between the US right. and China. Um, so they've currently got tariffs on hundreds of billions of dollars worth of goods and they decided to sort of put a pause on that. The U S was planning, um, January 1st to increase those tariffs even more, which ultimately if those two big economies keep fighting, that's bad for everybody, right? It's bad for the entire world. Um, so this was a real kind of victory, I guess, or both countries saw it as a victory that they were going to discuss this for a while and sort of. Make sure that it doesn't get any worse. Yeah. Um, this extradition request from the U.S. Um, I mean, there's there's actually a lot going on here because it's also a telecommunications company that is in heavy competition with U.S. companies. Right. So there's this whole like telecoms issue with Huawei. Um, but to your point about trade, uh, the fact that those two countries are in this kind of detente means that China is trying not to like put too much blame on the U.S. for the extradition. We're kind of taking more flack for right. it at this point because the arrest happened in Vancouver. Um, and even though Canada keeps saying this is nothing to do with politics, there's no political interference you have President Trump saying, actually, I would intervene if, <laughs> right. if if it was bad for the trade relationship between the U.S. and China for this person to be extradited to the U.S. Then, like, yeah, maybe I would just cancel the extradition request. Yeah. So, And, like- and the AG can do that. Like, his attorney general could do that. It's really, really rare, and it's unlikely— from what a lot of people are mm-hmm. saying, because this is a kind of a big piece of leverage, yeah, for like, the
3: U.S. That's right? why I was wondering:
0: is it even is it, is it even possible that 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 could happen? That he could somehow, um, you know, come in and be like, okay, we're going to rescind the extradition request and 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 uh, uh, you know, whatever,
1: drop the cha- charges against her. I- it would set a, like an incredible precedent yeah. and like a really really dangerous one, where people aren't going to necessarily believe in the rule of law anymore. As it applies in North America, right? So, like, it's a really dangerous thing to do, but this president is like, he does a lot of stuff that the world order disagrees with, right? So, yeah, that's a political
2: decision on our side, too, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, there's a legal process. She was arrested under a legal process. She's been bailed under a legal mm-hmm. process. But the uh, Minister Freeland has to sign off on her next tradition.
1: Minister uh, Wilson Raybould.
2: Minister Wilson Raybould. Uh, clearly, not following the <laughs> as I should be.
1: But there is a ministerial decision from Canada that needs to be made for mm-hmm. her to actually be extradited at the end of the process.
2: Right.
0: This has happened before I read with in the era of Paul Martin when he was in power and um, when the, his attorney general had to sign off on something. And he was like, whoa, 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 uh, why didn't you tell me about this? And he was like, this is completely not within your realm of what you need to know. This is something that should only be done within the legal uh, process. Um But yeah, so so it it gets really complicated and there are, and everyone's saying, you know, Canada's kind of in this between a a rock and a hard place, really, because we're wedged between two superpowers with their own interests and and whatnot. Um, We have to consider the fact, though, that Huawei has been on the radar for a while now
2: um and this this sort of rock and hard place for canada is is the same on questions like uh 5g infrastructure yeah. right um mm-hmm. yeah. we've had this ongoing um sort of saga almost where um five eyes countries um so that's that's you know sort of canada's closest security partners and allies um have sort of one by one been um Effectively banning Huawei from 5G networks being built in the country. Um, there's this moment, uh, you know, as MD was saying, that there is competition with uh, American companies, but also companies from elsewhere. Uh, Siemens and Nokia are the two other big ones in North America, in, in Canada in particular, that are building our 5G networks. Um, but um, you know, back in the uh, in the rosy days of 2016, uh, before uh, the whole world um, imploded, um, the Ontario government was actually, uh, you know, making investments and in deals with Huawei about 5G network infrastructure. Um, and uh, what's happened basically in the last, you know, 12 to 15 months is that uh, countries like Australia and the UK, the US, New Zealand, uh, most recently Japan, uh, have Um, either individual companies have decided they're not going to use Huawei equipment or uh, security uh, services or um, governments have told companies Mm. that we strongly advise you not to use this equipment effectively sort of uh, banning them from using new equipment um, and there's been a lot of pressure on Can- on the Canadian government to do this um, from uh, you know we've had some sort of almost prob- likely unprecedented uh, events where we've had US senators uh, talking to, to opposition uh, politicians about it up here uh, to try and sort of convince them to pressure the government on this um, the Canadian government has repeatedly said you know we're doing our security audits we're interested in security but they haven't actually officially banned Huawei yet, um, you know Huawei has a research presence in Canada. they work with universities um, their infrastructure is embedded in uh, reportedly embedded in bell and uh, TELUS's networks in parts of bell and TELUS's networks or on certain projects that they 've done together um, uh, I said earlier that you 're going to find out just how not Canadian <laughs> I am so here's 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 where it happens uh, so um Huawei is on uh, Huawei's logo and name is on a prog- a little program I hear about called Hockey Night yes, in Canada. Yes, okay, I want to talk to you about this.
0: I didn't know it was it sponsoring it's everywhere.
2: Um, I believe they they uh, they sponsor. So they sponsor the like pre show chat okay
0: with ron is, mclean yeah, yeah which
2: is called help me out here what is it called uh, um, hockey uh, something if there's another name it's got hockey in <laughs> it uh, <laughs> yeah we're
1: <laughs> yeah. all uh, big sports yeah, fans uh, yeah
2: like uh, so, so yeah. Uh, it, you know ron mclean there's a point uh, uh, before hockey night in canada where ron mclean turns to the camera and says you know Whatever this segment is called, presented by Huawei, um, and uh, and um, so Rogers, which I should say full disclosure is a very fairly recent former employer of mine, um, is um, uh, has said you know there's not going to be a change to this deal. At least they're not announcing any change right now. So that is going to continue to happen. Uh, and uh, you know it's an easy. It's probably and this is part of it too. It's probably the close most Canadians come to Huawei like in their lives, knowing what yeah, it yeah. is, or like sure. having
1: one of the smartphones. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh,
2: possibly having one of the smartphones. You know, they don't have huge market share in Canada, um, but but seeing
0: that on the television, or, yeah, yeah.
2: That, that's where you see it. And yeah. you know, this this is this story is as as we've sort of uh, I've certainly muddled my way through this this story, but as you know, we've been talking about all these different things yeah. that this story involves. Mm-hmm. It's a very complicated, very like complicated. geopolitical and business yes. story. Okay, and
1: then there's the Iran angle too, right? But, uh, we yeah. haven't even like. I mean, I don't. And we don't. The, will we have it's time? geopolitical <laughs> mad libs. Like it is. It's, it has it's crazy. Everything.
0: And I want to, Like I, I want to. Um, MD your, your piece too. You had interviewed, um, a former Canadian ambassador mm-hmm. to, to China, who said this is certainly a move. The the the, the, the detaining of these two Canadians uh, in China is certainly a political move. It is certainly to put pressure on Canada to release, um, Meng and and so. Um, and, and, and there was, there was points in, in which, um, he said, uh, I think it, who, it, it, was, it was, it was Guy saint Saint-Jacques. Yeah. and he said, um,
1: you know, we need to act forcefully, uh, in our response, but mm-hmm. I mean, how do you do that? So the problem is, um, the extradition process may take a really long time. Like it could actually take years. Um, because, you know, after the sort of initial determination of whether or not to extradite, Uh, or or whether or not to approve extradition, I guess, um, which is based on the U.S. case files that are going to get handed over to Canadian prosecutors. Right After that, um, there's like a whole series of appeals that she could make. She can take this all the way to the Supreme Court um, if she wants, and then... After the minister makes a decision, even if it's a positive decision, like, yes, we'll send you to the US, she can actually then ask for a judicial review of that decision, which is why the sort of political element gets tricky. Um, The the minister pretty much has to rely on advice given to her because it's going to get reviewed in this potential, like, extra hearing that might happen if if they disagree with the decision. Right? So, like, there's all these steps and that could take, it could literally take years.
3: And, and years, it could be, it could I mean, be a different
1: government, it could be a different justice minister. like the, the geopolitical considerations oh could gosh. change. And so what we've seen right now is that China has retaliated or appears to have retaliated by detaining two Canadians and like, okay, so we don't know if more is coming yeah, like, so that might not be the end of it exactly. right what happens um, next? but even if even if that is all they do, those two Canadians are kind of in limbo for quite some time in theory, um, and there's not a lot the Canadian government can do about mong right now, because of all these hearings that are still yet to happen and um
0: it, it it struck me too so the 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 laws are just so different too from our country to to their i mean um she, uh, i think it was it's it's michael michael uh, M- michael Kovrick who yes. was uh um arrested on on you know deep analysis and research of then uh, and, and and bringing that back to the Canadian embassy in in Beijing um, and like so uh, and gathering
1: that kind of information important information um, about what's going on there. So they're accusing him of spying. Where like those activities in another country it would just be like would just be like normal, research. Political, be like normal political research, totally at like a think tank or whatever you know. So yeah. it's it's kind of uh, it's that complicates things too. Yeah, and it's right? not even the laws that they have. Like it's not the Chinese legal system. It's that it's that like China's government is authoritarian and can pretty much pick up whoever they want and make up whatever charges they want. Right. Like, like it does, it doesn't need to be based on necessarily like, this is a crime that we would also consider to be a crime in Canada. It it can be whatever they consider to be a crime.
0: So yeah, I mean, it struck me too. uh, For me, I'm like, it doesn't feel like we're doing a lot to, to, to fix this situation over there. Like, it feels like we need to light a fire under our asses right now. But, but A lot of this would be done like soft uh, soft, diplomacy, under the scene, uh, in the behind the scenes. um, You know, between different ministers, between different advisors. Like I'm sure that's happening. Oh, it's
1: for sure happening, Um, but we won't we won't see much evidence of that publicly. I don't think.
0: (laughs) My favorite story of all of this, though, was the that there was boxes of pizza delivered to (laughs) the media. Uh, So she's been released on bail. Yeah, um,
1: and she's living. She has a house has in Vancouver house anyway. In Vancouver. Two okay.
2: houses in Vancouver.
1: Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Two houses in Vancouver. Yeah.
2: Uh, and uh, uh, I wasn't sure how to transition out of that last segment to make a, a joke because the, it, <laughs> it, seems, it seems in poor taste. But one also important to note that uh, media who were there uh, noted that they didn't actually eat the pizza. I know, they gave it they away. They didn't eat the
0: pizza. <laughs> okay. So the pizza was delivered to her house and uh, like boxes. And so the the, the media gave the pizza... To some construction workers.
2: Yes, yes. This is uh, and which which I think is a is a great encompassing of all Vancouver stories, like construction,
3: <laughs> million dollar
1: houses, it's like infrastructure. Yeah. Like.
2: So, so the joke the joke was that you know that this this process is going to take a very long time, and, and who knows uh, how how quickly or slowly it will resolve. But at least there are now do less empty houses owned ah. by foreign <laughs> overseas owners who never live in them in Vancouver.
0: Oh my god, that's good. Um, a lot of people have...
2: I didn't say it was good. Just, no, it's really good. Uh, no, yeah. that's really
0: good. A lot of people have been saying, um, you know, that that, that from, from like a geopolitical standpoint, like Canada's never been... More alone right now in this, you know, in this, in this world. I think it's only probably going to get worse. We're only going to, uh, more, see more of, of us being used as a pawn in, in different, um, situations like this, trade situations. And, um, it's, it is sort of,
1: it, it, it angers me that the U.S. is treating us like this. Uh, I mean, it's not, I guess it's not new, right? It's, there's yeah. always been the, like, elephant and mouse, you know. Yeah. Does anyone remember Saudi Arabia? Because right. I feel like we were having <laughs> <Yeah>. a
2: conversation <laughs> that's, not that long that's ago right. about yeah. Yeah. geopolitical allies just sort of, like,
1: Suddenly, leaving Canada to yeah. twist in the wind. But we, I mean, we like on the other hand to play devil's advocate to this argument, like we, we have more trade access to the world through the TPP and stuff like that, the CPTPP, um, than than ever, and like we have yeah. the European Union and like we do have allies. But it's true that you know allies are kind of like not speaking up to yeah. defend us as often as they were before. Um, That's right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's tricky. It is tricky. Um, okay, we're gonna move on.
0: Center block. The second home for for you guys, uh, for many public servants, reporters, political staff, others, uh, is closing down for at least ten year at least a ten year renovation and rejuvenation. <clears throat> um, <coughs> I expect that um, might be extended, like most things. Most construction projects are. Um, <laughs> it's Ottawa. It's Ottawa. It's uh, it's crazy. What I was thinking of that there are there will be MPs that are that are there now uh, and and others too that won't ever get to go back into, or will have retired by that point and won't go back, or maybe you guys won't go back, or whatever. I you mean, know there's I mean?
2: conceivably a class of MPs that serves two terms that never sets foot in center yeah, block.
0: That's right. They only see the, they the, only see the, the west, west block. Yeah.
1: And it's pretty nice in there. But have it's you not, I haven't gone, is it? Is it's pretty nice. Yeah? Yeah, it's smaller, though. It's like, smaller. We're, gonna, we're all going to have a hard time like with the, where to put the cameras and stuff. Like, Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be a little cramped. So
0: <laughs> it's like a glass dome, eh? Yeah, okay. Okay, that's, I mean, yeah, sounds nice. So we went up there um, uh, on Tuesday, Aaron's going to join us for this conversation, um, to interview the House of Commons curator, uh, Joanna Misgala. Yeah, she was great. Um, she was great. She took us around and uh, we sat down with her, talked to her about sort of the history of the building and the architectural inspiration, um, in, which was led in large part by John Pearson, Toronto architect.
3: And I think the most fascinating part of that for me was how much space there was in all of the ideas and the design for future future history to make a mark on the building and then carry through. That's right. The, the idea that the furniture was designed with the building and the furniture was designed to last and be upgraded and reused and that uh, empty spaces were left uh, for future carvings and, and stuff like that.
0: But you had a great comment. You were like, does anyone ever just want like a new chair? Yeah, does somebody like ever a, want a new a, chair? Like a and properly her answer was fantastic. New chair. Right? Because- and she was like, no, really everyone loves these. Like old historical
3: pieces. But at the same time, that they do. Upgrades to them to make them right. more ergonomic. Like they're not filled with then they're not filled with horse hair anymore yes. because you know, that's not <laughs> it's not how we do chairs anymore. these days. Yeah, exactly. that's
0: not how we do
3: chairs. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was great to hear about that essentially like she's a curator and it is a museum, except all the pieces are in use all the yes. time. And and like a museum, pieces go out on display and then they go back into storage and you're cycling things around. Yes. Um, I like I had this picture of the room full of desks when she was talking about the Prime Minister choosing a desk and I, I was know. like i just want to go to the desk room I, that's what i want to see on this tour <laughs> like you know? apparently
0: like she was a she was like we were able to offer justin you know a choice between a new desk or the desk his father used and and so we go you know, yeah we And she was like,
3: so excited that that was the first time anybody had ever had that option
0: yeah you know? we were and like and so, wow okay so you yeah. just have like a seller of all these desks like mm-hmm. but anyway um so yeah it's i, I think were you do you guys feel sad leaving I mean, will you go back? I mean, it's I'm still open like, till. Mostly sad to not go into
1: the library. Yeah, the library is so spectacular. So, so beautiful. Yeah, so that's sad.
0: Yeah, that we apparently that was the only part of the building that didn't burn down in mm-hmm. the 1960s. So it's the car. oldest part, so mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. part. like so totally gorgeous. Metal doors, so so cool, and like the. The, yeah, if you haven't gone in there, you have got it. The, the tall, tall ceilings and the beautiful design and.
3: Sarah thought drafting. it looked like a Harry Potter museum, but we pointed out that <laughs> Harry Potter looks like our library. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, that's, yeah. right. Yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's
2: right. Well, there's the the frescoes on the, uh, the, the the wood carvings. I don't know whether they're they're called frescoes. The uh, the wood carvings and their stories about um, uh, my uh, from Ross McLean's John Geddes, is a is a sort of amateur center block historian uh, and. Uh, the, the they brought over all these carvers to do um, the. The, you know, there's there's uh, leaf designs and then there's faces, mm-hmm. uh, and they um, they brought them over to do this stuff, and they gave them a standardized design, but effectively all these artisans just kind of tinkered with it. <laughs> so yeah. that each of those panels is individual, and some of the faces on them are the faces of the artists, like it's oh, them signing their work. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're fascinating. You can like spend like a whole day just looking at the different ones and comparing them. Yeah. And,
1: wow. There are sculptors well, who did the same thing in the Senate, where like they were supposed yeah. to. S- like carve the heads of specific historical figures, and they were like, no, nah, I'm just going to carve my head. myself. Yeah, yeah, that's
3: fair. <laughs> uh, well, we were talking to, um, after our interview, when we were walking outside with Joanna, um, she pointed out where Pearson's face is on the outside of the building.
0: Oh, yeah, way high
3: cool. up. It's a place that you would never be able to get to without a drone or a helicopter, but his face is on the outside of the building.
0: Yeah, yeah. But but it, and how the outside of the building is really... Um, what was it, neo-gothic in in architectural design, but Inside, it's very like 20th century. It's a 20th century style building. Like the hallway, she was like, "It's very clear cut. You know, you walk in, you know exactly where you're going." I was like, "Mm."
2: "Yeah, no, that's not (laughs) that's not (laughs) no, that's not true." So Um, I don't have many center block stories because I have uh, (laughs) I haven't been on the hill that long, and I uh, my job has never really involved the hill. But I do have a center block story about the problem with the navigation. Yes, Uh, from my very first day on the hill uh, as a hill reporter. I just got my pass, went up this hill, was going to question beard, was standing in the foyer, like, knowing nothing, no one, just moved to Ottawa, uh, and, uh, and thought, okay, I'll go and take my seat now. So I, uh, turned right off the foyer towards the door and almost walked into the mace. <laughs> <laughs> the mace spray was what well, coming down. The, uh, oh. the security guard looked very panicked. I managed the, to back out just in time. You're like, uh, oh. yeah. So uh, impaled on the mace on my first day <laughs> on the job would have been That'd a be wonderful amazing. story, oh God, and I would have great. been in contempt of, of uh, parliament. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, right. it from opening, for which the day, would have yeah. been uh, a wonderful way to go. But um, <laughs> which is to say, uh, like yeah. two days ago, I tried to find 130s oh. and spent oh, yeah. five minutes doing that. It is not an easy,
0: not easy to though. navigate. I know. When, what is your, um, most memorable moment on in Cinderblock?
1: Um, I was a page in the house of Commons. <gasps> Ooh, <page laughs> oh, that's, yeah. cool. that's cool. So like, I, I feel good about, like, I, I had access to areas that I don't as a journalist. And so like, I know what the lobbies look like on the inside and like how they're laid out. And Like I was able to kind of run around anywhere in the building that I might need to. And, and my favorite story from that time, which I think historically most pages have discovered is this, there's like a vending machine in the basement. So there's a whole network of tunnels underneath Parliament Hill and like the tunnels underneath. Um, and it's, so it's even more confusing if you're trying to navigate and, and we were told by the outgoing pages, okay, like it's your job to figure out how to find this vending machine, which is somewhere in these tunnels. So <laughs> that So is, we would like explore and like right. we probably shouldn't have been down there right. too much but like we that's, would explore the tunnels and like try to find this machine and that's pretty cool. You could get like it's like these little coke bottles, like little tiny coke bottles you know of yesteryear and like yeah. I don't know how often they actually refill the machine but apparently there was an MP who like really loved these coke bottles and like so they kept restocking it for that person and then I think huh. they don't anymore, but I actually still have one of these little Coke bottles from when I bought it at the vending machine.
0: Um, okay, number trois. Here we go into uh, our last segment here. Awards season is upon us, and I am very excited. I'm one of those people that um, gets dressed up and plans a very specific dinner for awards nights. <laughs> Golden Globes are my favorite. Um But let's talk about the Oscars a little. There's the hosting stuff. Obviously, Kevin Hart stepped down after Oscar reps asked that he apologize for anti-gay tweets he made. They they gave them this ultimatum, like, either you apologize or you step down. And Hart's response initially was he took to Instagram and he said, guys, like, I'm almost forty you know i've evolved i've changed i i don't know what to tell you like i'm a bad, if if you can't tr- if you can't believe that then i don't know what to tell you i'm kind of out and then he 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 later issued a, a more formal statement on twitter um <laughs> apologizing um but so my argument initially going into this um is like can you honestly name a a comedian, I shouldn't say a person, but a comedian who has not said something inappropriate um, or hurt another person with their words. And I just feel like we are setting a very dangerous precedent if we start saying, okay, because you said this thing in the past, in 2010 or whatever, you should no longer, and you've apologized, you shouldn't be allowed to host anything or go out and uh, and present on our stage or whatever. So that's my argument. I know you had different feelings, Brad.
2: So 2010 was eight years ago. Um, that's not like a lifetime ago. <laughs> uh, and I would say, you know, the specific joke uh, involves him coming home and finding his son playing with the dollhouse and him uh, breaking, the. I believe it's breaking the dollhouse over the son's yeah. head. In 2010, um, and part of the argument here has been, not not specifically that you've said it, but mm-hmm. not, um, part of the argument that has been made publicly in, in the innumerable goddamn thing pieces uh, <laughs> about this thing, um, that um, that wasn't as offensive in 2010. Well, uh, uh, you know. Uh, not, and uh, I'm not a gay man, but uh, a gay man who has an experience, who has a, a memory of their father breaking a toy over their head for them being gay, probably found it as offensive in 2010 as they do now. Mm-hmm. The difference is that we talk about these things more. Right. Um, I find this. I find the slippery slope argument. Frankly, in, in all the culture wars, not just this part of it, to be bullshit. Um, and I'll give you an example going back to the the last topic that we were talking about. So center block. Um, about a year, it's been – I don't know. The last two years, there's been this ongoing thing about Sir Johnny A. MacDonald um, and statues of him in, in Victoria. Oh, there's right. that statue. Yes. Um, there were all these I, – I am as guilty as anyone else. I wrote a think piece about it. Um, <laughs> But uh, about the statue coming down and, you know, if we start taking out statues of uh, of supposedly great men who did one wrong thing, then where does this lead? Uh, I went on a Center Block tour this summer. I uh, had some family up uh, and I did all the tours of Parliament, Center Block, uh, East Block, the walking tour around. There's like so much John A. MacDonald, it will make you sick. Hmm. Like – even if you think the man like descended from the heavens like there's a statue of him uh by the east block um and i can tell you on all of those tours it's not like anyone tells you about um the like starvation's of uh of uh native people on the plains. Nobody talks about residential schools. You get the great man version of history. Um, and I think that this is a bit of a winding way to come back to this part of the culture wars. But it's like, we're not lacking for people who have, uh, you know, there are lots of alternative Oscar hosts. Um, the, the thing the, the part of this that baffles me is those tweets have been raised before. Now, he hasn't made the argument that he, like, he hasn't deleted them and his apologies in the past have not been incredibly fulsome let's say um you know the uh it, and it's comedy it's it's personal but like do answer the specific question can you not find a host i mean it, i live to be proven wrong but like you could put hasan minhaj up on that stage he's funny he's current uh should you know ideally you replace one of the few opportunities uh that a, a black person has to be on, up on that stage with with someone uh you know they, they shouldn't deny uh that opportunity for representation but this is a long way of saying like people act like these questions are suddenly are new or they're or mm-hmm. they're
0: um like we've gotten to such a yeah we've the, gotten
2: yeah. to the stage and it's like no these conversations have already been happening. The public – like the, the the Twitter public, the, the uh, opinion writers of The Atlantic and The New York Times and The Washington Post may not have been paying attention to this stuff in 2010. But there were people who could have had this conversation with you. People just weren't listening to them.
1: And that that's the thing too though is that like he has addressed it in the past and it has been out there and the Oscars still decided that he should be the host, right? right? Like this like this stepping down and this sort of this apology was prompted by um outrage over the tweets after he was already named the host. So they could have done a they little bit. They could more have research. like thought about the cultural context and like done a little more vetting and kind of tossed around a few other ideas and maybe like if they had been sensitive to these kinds of issues then probably they wouldn't have picked Kevin Hart.
0: Yeah. It's such a hard thing with comedy. Like right, the, right? it brings into that that discussion of of whether or not these kind of, you can cross the line in comedy
1: and, and where you can cross the well, line. Well, and like you and can cross the line in bigger ways and come back. Like yeah. look like at Louis C.K., right? right? He's playing comedy clubs in New York, multiple of them. Exactly. And, like, yeah. and, and his issue wasn't of, his
3: jokes. is It wasn't was his jokes. His behavior.
1: Although he yeah. did joke about the same kind of stuff. That's but, right. Like, his issue was like crossing the line in a really physical yeah. way.
3: I really appreciated because um, when he said that, when Kevin Hart said he had talked about this stuff in the past, I went looking for what he had, how he had talked about it in the past. And there is a Rolling Stone interview from about three years ago where he gives his perspective on that specific joke, the dollhouse joke, and the whole bit around it. And the the thing that resonated for me there, uh, and I'm not, I'm not like defending. I think I think it's a it's a terrible joke, and it doesn't. I I'm, i don 't want to defend the joke itself, but his his explanation that that this is a joke about his own insecurities and about his fears as a, like as a parent and his fears of how he 's going to be a parent like i I understand that, and I get that, and I know that good comedy comes from that, and his style of comedy is like to talk about his like a, a lot of comedians talk about their failings right yeah and yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Like, I get that. It's just that the presentation of it in the joke doesn't present it as a failing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I like I appreciate that perspective, but I, I just, oh. And I he's just, yeah. saying
1: that particular joke came as part of a string of, like, escalations yes. where, like, the parent is getting more anxious about smaller and smaller things. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. exactly. So, like, taken as a whole, but then, like he decided to put that individual part of it on Twitter by itself. That part so of that, it by
3: itself is like, it's so, so that's what's really problematic yeah. in
1: particular.
2: And but, it's still there. And this is the part that like, you know, part of the argument has been, should this have follow him around for the rest of his life? Um, and there are lots of people who like have responded to this and in other instances of people, pulling out old tweets by saying, okay, I'm just going to delete everything I tweet mm. after 180 days or whatever, which you do you, man. Like if that's if that's your way of saving yourself from your past self, like don't think that's particularly healthy, but go ahead. <laughs> um, but like, how is, how is he surprised? How is anyone surprised? If the issue is that this stuff has come up before, as MD was saying, like get ahead of it, address it as you come out. Because like, not- you know it's going to happen. Yeah. So like, why it's almost
0: like and surely to goodness, like you were saying like there are other there are other options there are there are plenty of we can all think of, of plenty of other options I actually would love to to be around a table with them like and see their list of who they have considered okay that's all for us today thank you m d Thank you Murad. Can I get your twitter handles please i'm at marie danielle s
2: i'm at marad h e m
0: Happy holidays, everybody. The 2020 network is brought to you by Interact. Speed is key for Canadian shoppers. Is your business keeping up? It can with Interact Flash. It's the platform that millions of Canadians use to check out quickly and securely. Learn more at interact.ca.